Warning. Please note that this podcast contains strong language and touches on many topics that may not be considered appropriate for a work environment. If you choose to listen to this podcast where you can be overheard, we are not responsible for the consequences of your decision. You've been warned. And as yes, yes, we are because um, it's Pride Month, and this is we all have an X chromosome. In case you forgot to read the title of the podcast, and we're happy you're here. Yep, it is Pride Month, so we're gonna get everything going through. But first, we're gonna go through and get a little bit of business squared away because you know you just love listening to us remind you that we have a whole bunch of social media uh, links and things and that um, if you like our podcast don't just passively listen Um, we do want you to like and subscribe so that you get the new stuff Um, we we also do not mind and would encourage you to drop us a review so that we can make the uh, podcast algorithms dance to our specific drum and we can reach more people because the more reviews we get the wider net we cast and, and the, the wider net people... we the wider net we cast the more opportunity for us to get sponsors which helps us do things like upgrade tech and fight through paywalls we're not always the luckiest to have people who are so gracious who are gracious enough to give of their time as our guest this evening, who is somebody I'm super excited about. I was pretty excited about last week, but this week is more exciting. Still, um, we're talking to an actual celebrity, and I'm just sorry I can't do more other than be super excited and geek out. Um, but there are specialists I would like to invite on the podcast to talk about things in their field and I don't feel right about making them do their jobs for free um, so. so you'll find everything like that on our website that's going to be at xchromosomepodcast.com not only does it have a link to all of our social media which is Facebook Twitter, Instagram Spotify, YouTube it also has links to our Patreon which is currently getting updated as our me and our our producers are working on trying to get those tier levels adjusted. Also, it's got a direct payment link. If you just want to pay us PayPal us a dollar, feel free that dollar will go to good use. And you can subscribe to some things for a dollar, so that will help us do better research. Because we do have sponsors. Um, and we're going to, for example, this month, our sponsor is The Tower, The Hangman, The Fool, 
Bill and Millie Chaveo are at a crossroads. Just coming into their magic, the twins must choose their fate. Do they take the easy path or protect their friends and loved ones? Wisdom comes at a cost. Its magical power changes everything. It's 1929 at the height of Prohibition in Plymouth, Massachusetts. The stock market crashes, leaving the Chaveos in the poorhouse. Uncle Finn's sight tipped him off, but he kept it all to himself. Finn's got money, powers, and connections with Boston cement his victory. However, the Italian-run speakeasy draws new players from the deck to oppose him. Magic, monsters, and mobsters will clash in a small town, but the outcome is unclear. How will Bill and Millie defy a man who sees the future? What find out when you read Wiser Guys by D.R. Perry. Now that I got rid of that awkward jump cut, uh, because I'm, as people know, I'm going to go through and add those later, let's go through and introduce our guest that has all the excitement about. Oh, before we do that, I want to give a shout out to our associate producer, uh, Brian. Brian helped coordinate this guest this month. Yes, um, so thank you, Brian. And welcome to the show, Miss Bearded Ohio. Hi. Hello, how are you? Wonderful. How are you? Thank you so much for coming on. I'm super excited. And then it was even more exciting when I realized I actually like know you, know you. Just right. in your drag persona. Correct. So yeah, we both work the same Renaissance Festival. Um, different booths, but I I love the Potter ha- the Potter's house. They have awesome yarn. And- I do. I love it. Um, one quick note: it's uh, my title. It's not Miss Bearded Ohio. It's Ohio Bearded Queen. Okay. It's part of a it's part of a national system. Well, that's exciting. Um, and I am I'm the You're Ohio bad. representative. All right. Tell us more about that. Let's just jump right into it because I screwed up and you can now educate me about this really cool thing that <laughs> I barely scratched the surface of in my research when I was explaining how how excited I was to somebody. Gotcha. This um, national, I guess it's pageants. Is that the best way yeah, to describe it, it? It is a pageant. National Bearded Queen started three years ago um, through the works of... Uh, the current promoter, Richard Van Stone, and one of his very good friends, Jolene Cuisine, who is no longer with us. She was the emeritus for the system. Um, she was appointed to the system. But um, her and her mother, they helped come up with the categories, um, as well as Richard. And um, so it's very similar to any other pageant. You have fashion categories. You have interview and talent uh, but how this one varies a little bit different is is what the category definitions are. You have an avant-garde category where uh, most other pageants have um, a, an evening gown or evening wear category. This is our fashion category, and it allows us to get a bit more creative with what we do. It doesn't have to be um, the fancy gowns that you might see Miss America wear. Um, it could be, but it just needs to be very edgy, very Milan, Paris, runway, editorial looks. That's it. That's neat. Uh, we also have club style. Um, and in club style, um, they want you to showcase what would you wear if you were to go out and represent nationally? What could we expect to see from you? So it could be 
something as simple as a cocktail dress, but you better sell the hell out of that cocktail dress. Or it could be something large, like a, a large backpack or headdress with um, stoned and beaded fringe all over. Like it can be minimum or huge. Um, and then you have your your talent category, which is just about anything that you want to do. Uh, on stage question, again, anything you want to do. And this year, uh, for the Parade of Contestants, which is just get to know everybody, like a self-intro, we had um, Drag is Art. And that was the theme selected by uh, last year's national representative, Joey Gallagher. And everybody had to pick a famous piece of art. And how will you portray that art on stage? And I dressed up as probably my favorite, most iconic piece of art, Miss Piggy. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> and so I dressed up as Miss Piggy and I came out with uh, a Kermit puppet and I oinked my pretty little heart out. And it was not a judged category, but it was it was a lot of fun. Um <laughs> So that's a little bit about the system. This, oh, and also interview. This year, I was the recipient of the Jolene Cuisine Award, which is um, similar to the Miss Congeniality Award. And I also won interview this year when I went to nationals. So that's just a little bit about it. I didn't win this year, but I did do well. Well, you know, that just gives you room to improve for next year. And I'm always going to be ridiculously proud and supportive of Ohio talent. Um, especially from central Ohio, because that's where I live. Um, yes. There's a lot of talent in, in the state of Ohio. And that's actually been one of my personal goals as Ohio Bearded Queen. Um, I have a personal blog and I showcase once or at least one or two every month um, other awesome. bearded entertainers. And I kind of boost their signal and I do a, a little interview and I get some photos of them. So that, that really works out. That's awesome. And we all know that Central Ohio has had some problem with um, drag programs at the library. Oh, I couldn't possibly things. imagine what you're speaking about. Uh, sarcasm. It's okay. <laughs> I raged about it last week too. Um, but I'm going to rage about it until the end of time because... I am a librarian. I have my master's degree. I specialize oh. in youth programming and reference. So gotcha. designing programs for libraries is literally something I paid to learn how to do. Right. So ignorant people coming to me and telling me, well, that's not what the library is for. No, that's exactly what the library is for. Exactly. And it was heartwarming to me to see the support of general com the general community mostly outweighed in um, the detractors in the comment section and support for diversity in library programming. Um, had some very vocal and outspoken defenders. Um, I just think it's shitty that um, drag performers are stigmatized and demonized and misunderstood. Drag is an art. Correct. And and that was the the big thing for the category I spoke to, but like it, that's all it is. We're artists. We're no di the literal only difference between what I do and what Bozo the Clown did is my clothes are prettier. 
Otherwise, I wear big hair, big shoes. I paint my lips on entirely too large. My eyebrows are in my hairline. I mean, we're the same person. The only difference is I could possibly look a bit more feminine, although I personally don't look that much more feminine because I do still have a beard. But other entertainers, that I call them smooth-faced entertainers, they tend to look more feminine. And then the question is, well, are they trying to to do this or that because of, of their portrayal of a different gender? No, that's just how it works out. It's it's no different. It's art. We're actors. We're actresses. We're activists. And I I applaud your willingness to be out there and be on the front lines. Um, and it's really um, w- nice to be able to give more of a platform for you to speak about your art um, and about oh, your activism. You. Yeah, it, it last week was Dayton's Pride. Was it last week? Yeah. My weekends are a bit confused. So this past weekend wasn't, but the very first weekend of June mm-hmm. was. And I was approached, actually, by one of the protesters. And I love meeting the protesters. I love seeing them every year. They really kind of make my pride. Um, it's, sad, it's sad that they're there, but I view it as... Thank you for showing up because I promise you, I don't go to your church or your whatever rallies that you're doing. Um, and I don't protest them, but you took it out of your day to come and see us. And how amazing is that? But I love whenever they have blow horns and I just look at them and say, I love you. I love you. I love you. Um, because no matter the question, love, love is the answer. And I, I talked to one guy, and he asked me what my name was. And I said, it depends. Are you friend or foe? And he asked me if I was... Am I allowed to drop other people's names on here? Um, like, it's I'm not, not gonna, a bad thing. I'm not going to stop you. I'm not either. Yeah. Okay. He he asked me specifically, are you Selena T. West? And I looked at him, and I said, I'm flattered you think I would be her, but I am not her. She does not live here. I said, but I'd be happy to talk to you. And he goes, well, what's your name? And I said, well, that's really funny because you want to know what my name is. And I have no interest in knowing yours. And he like he didn't know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. So how did the conversation progress from there? Or did he just sort of shut down? He equated me to a dumpster and that I was just trash. And he... Like, he just continually berated me, and I I took it. I stood there, and I took it, not because I had to, but the longer he spoke to me, the less time he had to speak and be hateful and evil to anyone else who was there to have a good time. And I was there to have a good time, but I'm 34 years old, and it takes a lot to break me. It may not take much to break an 18 19 year old spirit or a mother who just had their their son or daughter come out to them as trans or maybe it was um, somebody's first experience it's not mine i've been to 15 16 of these things so it's always a good time so he didn't like my my words but that's fine i kept him talking to me and eventually he just got bored that takes a lot of strength of spirit and that's really awesome that you're fighting that fight and that you center 
your activism around shielding people who aren't emotionally ready to deal with people like that. That's really awesome. It's what I do. Um, and actually, I spoke to Brian earlier, and, and I'll share this with you, and um, you may or may not edit this out, but... Um, hey, tell us all your stories. I... <laughs> all Give us everything. Give us more than... Feel free people. to use it all. Um, I believe words um, shouldn't have power, but they have entirely too much power as is. Um, for example, people of different races have have different slurs and I'm not going to use those. Those aren't appropriate for me to use. I don't feel I have that power. Um, but often um, I've been called since I've been 18 years old and even younger, a faggot, a sissy, a queer. Um, and I own those words. I will self-describe myself as a fat feminine faggot. And there is absolutely nothing anyone in this world can do or say to me or about me that I don't know. And so um, another thing he called me, he called me a faggot. And I go, that's really funny. I said, I'm also feminine and fat. You forgot those. You didn't read the whole bio. Um, so, and again, he didn't like that. Um, and everybody kind of uses different defense mechanisms. And humor is or isn't mine. But it's like, you can't tell me anything I don't know. I, I've learned who I am, but I, again, I'd rather you be rude and mean and hateful to me because I can do it. Like I have all the love in the world for, for anyone, but not everyone shares my, my stance. Yeah. I'm going to bring it back to the pageants um, because I'm just curious about one thing about the pageants because it wasn't actually brought up. Uh, do they have a category about the actual beard? The only reason I'm even mentioning this is because I'm a big proponent of uh, facial hair and Movember and things of that nature. So um, I, I cry worse than a, a squishy teenage girl, to be quite honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, do they have a category about the actual beard itself? Or is that just in reaction to everything else with all the other fashion? So the beard, um, it does not have its own separate category. Um, nowhere in any of the score sheets um, is your beard judged. Uh, because how would you judge a beard? By its density, uh, by its color, by its texture? Like, there's so many different things. Specifically, um, last year's national representative, Joey, has alopecia. So his beard is very thin. One of our contestants um, can only grow a small mustache. So what they did um, was they glued glitter on to their face. All right. Um, I do have a beard, but I tend to trim mine down and blend it in with my hair. So I will um, use cream colors to blend it in with the, the, the hair color I'm wearing. And that's the look I want to do. There are other queens who have very thick, full beards. Um, and that's the look that they go for. And they don't dye it. They just let it be natural. So you do want your beard to go with your look. But there's not any set criteria. Because the system does want to showcase beards in all our beauty and all our glory, um, a way that I that I also identify 
is um, I call my drag a, a, a piece of masculine femininity. So I will wear nails and lashes and lipstick and makeup. Um, if you've seen pictures of me, you can attest to this. And that's what I do. But not everyone looks as feminine as I do. They might look a bit more club kiddish or New York style. And that's fine. Like, it's not anyone aesthetic. So, all in regards to that part, all facial hair is considered equal. It's nothing you have to do in, in respect to this facial hair. I like that. And our system, well, so the national system, it even has other branches, um, like Club Kid, Drag Monster, but that's a whole nother realm um, and I, I'm not the expert in those categories, so I won't speak to those. But they, there are others, and they have their own little thing. Um, but, for example, National Bearded Queen, a female, like, born female could come and enter National Bearded Queen. That's- it does not say that you have to solely be male. It does, however, state that all your performances have to be bearded. So, so if yeah. a female glues hair on or grows it or um, does glitter or just does a makeup beard, that's fine. That's really cool. It's about making everybody feel welcome at the table. Like in my own personal home, our doors always open to anyone. Um, so I don't necessarily need to have a bigger house. I just need a bigger table sometimes to allow more people around it. And that's what bearded queen is currently doing they're trying to make sure everybody has a seat at the table if they want it that's really cool it's the inclusivity is and dare i say intersectionality is really important in all venues um like uh women with uh, pcos would be able to compete to be a bearded queen and it would be a space where they could embrace their whole body as it was given to them and not be in a situation where they get, you know, flack if they wanted to be a performer. That's a venue that's open to them. Absolutely. I have some drag, perfor- have some other types of drag performer on my uh, friends list. And it's interesting to see all of those looks specifically. It's, uh, I think the, the performance style is called gender fuck where you're not sure i love gender fucking gender queer love 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 them and that's fascinating and you know this i i saw speaking with you as a chance to sort of bring the less traditionally famous forms of drag to um our tiny audience um which Someday people will come back and listen to this episode and be like, wow, I didn't know that was a thing. And yeah. have a whole new world open to them. Um, I did not. There's know. a lot of people who have said they've never heard of or seen bearded drag. And back in the 70s and 80s, what I do, it used to be considered skag drag. And skag drag, are you familiar with the term? No. Give us give us all the history of drag you, you want to give us. Assume <laughs> we are complete well, I am Drag by virgins. no stretch. I am no by no stretch a, a know-it-all, end-all, be-all. But skag drag is when, for example, maybe your father 
would go into your or your brother would go into your mother's closet just grab a couple things and and grab that blue eyeshadow and that lipstick and just throw something on to go out just to be funny just to say look at me i'm wearing ladies clothing and that's what uh bearded performers were considered for a long long time we weren't given the same um the same spotlight that female uh illusionists were given mm-hmm. for a long time that the only way that you could um make money or perform on stage other than maybe an open stage or like a talent night um is if you were a female impersonator or if you were um like a stripper like different leather titles and things like that i mean i could really go into a whole dichotomy and talk all night um, <laughs> We will cut you off eventually, <laughs> so just talk. Correct. <laughs> and so, but we'll like those there. were the, the types of people who would be booked in shows, and um, uh, I don't know. In the last decade or so, different types of entertainers have kind of come around. You have you know have bio queens, which are biological females who dress up uh, just like drag queens. The only difference is they don't have to hide a piece of themselves to give the illusion of a female um one of the benefits of my style of drag i'm not trying to pretend to be female so i don't need to make things and parts and pieces disappear no adjustment necessary no none so but i've also been gifted with the 99 cent titties um (laughs) and i (laughs) and i get those from mcdonald's and taco bell so I just push those up, and I have a very nice chest line. There is nothing a good corset can't solve, let me tell you. True. As a corseteer at fair, there is nothing a good corset cannot solve. Truth. A friend of mine who I do another podcast with, Alice, um, She had one of the things that we do is we keep on going through and sending back uh, basically memes to each other just because – they're dark and depressing, and we don't want anybody else to know what we're thinking. But she sent me one that was said, Life is basically avoiding people who have seen you naked while trying to find new people to see you naked. And I responded back to her, I was like, well, if you wanted me to give you a cleavage shot, all you had to do was ask. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy that. She did not know how to take that. <laughs> I mean, is that open for everyone? Just curious. Uh, I'll send you one privately if that comes down to that. I Great. don't think our viewers can handle, Thank you. Uh, handle that. <laughs> I'm fairly certain you've seen my cleavage shots. Because, um, again, we work the same show. Um, I was going to say, you have boot. your cleavage shots on display. Yeah. And it doesn't stop. It like, doesn't make people go away. It's really sad. No. I wish it worked. No, he- even as a gay man, I can totally ap- appreciate cleavage, whether it's on a man or a woman. I don't care. It's pretty. See, that's what people have to realize. It's like, I'm a straight man, but if I see a man go through uh, something to make them look good, feel good, things like that, I can appreciate that. I mean, I have... I enjoy watching Mad Men, not because Joan's hot, which she is, but I just like Don Draper's just physical style. If I didn't sweat 
through suits constantly. I would love to dress like that. Um, but I like us to be comfortable, so that's a major part of my aesthetic. But at the same time, I go watch professional wrestling and say, damn, that guy works out. Look at his abs. <laughs> and, and you're, rec- you're a recovering um, southerner, so that's awesome. Let's see, you, Brian mentioned in the show prep notes that you had a pretty positive journey so far in your life in self-expression. Yeah, I really have. I mean, so at the beginning, it was it was a bit challenging only because it was it was new water. It was mm-hmm. new water not only for me but for my family. And nobody knew how to navigate. So when I came out in 2001, um, in 2001, I was 16, so please don't shoot me. Um, if anyone is a different age bracket you're than talking I. To, you're talking to two people that are um, in their 40s. So <laughs> Okay. So in 2001, I was in high school. My mother overheard me talking to my boyfriend on the telephone. My boyfriend shows up to my house. My mother worked at home. Uh, She did daycare. And my boyfriend shows up. My boyfriend was two years older than I, so he was 18. I was 16. And that's not how I wanted my mother to find out. That's not how um, I wanted any of that to happen. But, okay, we're here, and he comes in, so we go out and talk on the front porch. I said, you need to leave. I'm not ready to tell her yet. Apparently, my mother turned on the camera, because we had security cameras, and she listened, and then she knew, and then she goes, is there anything you'd like to tell me? I said, "Uh, I don't want to, but I will. And so we became very open, but we were very open anyway. I had, I was born with cancer. I've had cancer twice now. I've been in remission um, since about 16, 17 years old. So my mother and I, we already had that strong relationship anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was easy for her to kind of accept the thing she didn't like um, was the lying. Because I used to lie to go out to go see my boyfriend. Because I knew she didn't want me to see him. Not because he was a he, but because he was 18 and I was not. Um, But once I became of age and it all became much, much easier, my dad, um, he never, never batted once. I used to be concerned that he would be more upset. And uh, he goes, so I hear you have a boyfriend. And I go, yeah. He goes, I'd like to meet him. Really? Really? And and that that is how I came out to my dad. That's pretty damn amazing. My brother was fine. the The only concern, the only big problem I had was with the the older generation of my family. My grandfather, he took concern. He didn't want his son to, or his his grandson to be um, a, a fucking faggot. Sorry, trigger warning. Maybe we will want make to sure censor we, that. Well, we will put content warnings. Uh, yes. In the note in um, the show notes so that people are prepared that it's in there. Yes. I I apologize, but yeah, he didn't want his grandson. Um same with my grandmother. 
my grandfather is now deceased, but um, in his last months, um, he knew he had, he knew who my husband was. I still had the last uh, voicemail I've ever had from my grandfather, and I listened to it um, just to hear his voice, but the content of the, of the call, it was important. So I really cherish that. But other than that, friends, family, no, it hasn't been too harsh. I mean, I got the, the jokes, and I use that term very loosely, the, the elbow jabs. Oh, look at him, and then some sort of crude humor would be used. But I finally whittled out who my friends are and who my family are, and I really just surround myself with those people. That's really cool. I know not everybody is uh, lucky to have such a supportive environment, and I can see where that supportiveness has been carried through into your activism, where because you have that foundation to build on, you can stand there and take the hits for the younger, the not as secure, the parents who aren't secure in themselves, which, you know, as somebody who tends to tank mobs, to use gaming terms, um, on the internet, Hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll tank a bigot in the comment section, and I'll, you know, I could do this all day. Here's my facts. I'm a librarian. Go ahead. Spout your bullshit. Right. Here's 12, like, NCBI articles about how you're wrong and why. And you can argue that they're not legitimate sources. They're actual peer-reviewed papers. You can lie to yourself all you want, but you're still wrong. And it doesn't bother me. And if they're screaming at me, they're not spending time trolling other things and harassing other people. Um. And that's my, that is my whole philosophy. Like, yell at me. Say the negative things to me. I can take it. I'm not going to go home. Uh, and I'm not saying this in any negative way, but, like, I won't take it to heart. It, it, don't, it doesn't hurt me. And if it does, I have, I have very healthy outlets. I have a husband who listens to me, and uh, Lord knows he's held me while I've cried. He's... Um, metaphorically slapped me out of it he said hey pull yourself together you're fine um but he lets me have my feelings if i need i have dogs i have um i do lots of arts and crafts i crochet i knit um i do drag like that's where i can take out my aggressions and my frustrations Mm -hmm. see the stories that have gone through to really about pride that's gone through and made me weep had been basically stories that were uh, promoted th- from experiences from um, free mom hugs, free dad hugs. Um, because I can't personally imagine what some some people in the community can go- have to go through just to be themselves. And it's it's heartbreaking. It is specifically about free mom hugs. I can't speak to the other group, but um, they've kind of left a sour taste in my mouth. And that's probably not something you were expected to hear. Um, A friend of mine had a personal experience with them and I won't say their name. Right. Okay. Um, But this friend, um, I can, I can share the information with you and I can show the receipts. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just won't share it publicly. Right. But they, a mom, she was there. She was volunteering. 
And she was told uh, by the Free Mom Hugs, we are not part of the, the LGBT community. We are here as allies. And this friend said, well, actually, I am bisexual. And they said, well, that's not our mission. Uh, And then they blocked her from the group because they said that she was being offensive and rude and argumentative. And that wasn't her goal at all. Her goal was just to say, I can be an ally and a member. And why is that a problem? And they didn't want her to be part of it. Uh, And then they completely removed her from everything. And she wasn't allowed to march with or walk with or even participate. And they made her return everything they had given out to her. So I'm not saying that's the way with all of them, but that was at least one instance. And that left a very sour taste in my mouth if that's how they treat their volunteers who are trying to be out there and help promote other people. Just out of curiosity, uh, was this uh, like the, the what quote-unquote national branch or a local branch? or I think it was a local branch. Okay, where? So I, it, in, it was in Dayton, Ohio. Okay, so that is something that people definitely need to know because um, I have interest uh, in being a part of that group, but not if they're going to be of the Ohio chapter, but not if they're going to be shitty. Um, I have other fair associated and friend associates, um, fair associated and other uh, avenues of life friends who are also supportive of the general uh, mission, which is they're every, they're everybody's children. They deserve love. Everybody, right. everybody is somebody's child, and that child deserves to be loved by somebody and feel supported. That's an awesome thing. Now, I don't know if going back to the national group with this negative interaction and talking about it will have any impact, but it is something that I would bring forward to my friends. Um, I wouldn't be friends right. with them if I thought they would hold that attitude um i'm really sorry your friend had to deal with that because that is some serious bullshit um and and she may be wrong and and again this will still keep her anonymity Mm -hmm. but you may have personally ran into her known her and spoke to her like you specifically okay so it's somebody in our shared uh community Mm -hmm. okay um I it, again, I'll share it with you. Okay, separate, but yeah, like, um, yeah, if we want to not bring heat on people who don't deserve it or don't need yeah, it, yeah, she was. Oh, um, and actually, I am I'm rereading our conversation. The national organization backed the accusers' um, words that uh, my friend was being argumentative, so okay, um, that. Maybe. That's what really kind of puts a sour taste in my mouth. Yeah. But otherwise, like I, I completely back their love and support. Like I, I can't tell you personally how many hugs I gave out that day. And I wasn't wearing one of their shirts or anything. Um, little girls came up to me and they, like, they stood in a line to give me a hug. And I go, really? 
Really? Like, really? You want to give a six foot tall, 300 pound man in a wig and, and a pretty crown? You want to give me a hug? They and they s- just. They saw a princess. Saw, yeah, With that's what they that's saw. That's what they saw. Children are beautiful. And I said, absolutely, I will give you a hug. And I'm glad I wore waterproof mascara that day. Aw. <laughs> <laughs> like, because, oh. And and if if there were any drips or anything, I just said it's it's only because it's hot. I'm sweating. I'm sweating for my eyes. Uh, such I, a man I got answer. Some, <laughs> I got some mascara flake in my eye. Yeah, that's what it was. I'm having a contact problem. Hang on, the contact problem like, is mostly my. Experience. I never said I was all woman or all man. Like I gotta have some a mix a mix in there. It's it's also good to it's also good to express yourself emotionally, and um, that's coming back around again because I'm going to be angry about this until the heat death of the universe to drag queens in libraries and reading to children. (laughs) Um, Kids don't see prejudice; they they don't have those filters unless they're taught them. They see Correct. a grown-up in a costume. Uh, it's the same sort of uh, thing. My husband um, is locally known as the Sunbury Pirate because he refuses to do anything but dress like a pirate. Um, he wears his rena- he wears his garb all the time, uh, much to my exasperation because sometimes it slows us down. Because everybody's like, "Look, pirate!" I'm sure when when you're uh, dressed, you get the same sort of you get to take five steps and then 20 people have to stop and interact with you. Oh, all the time. Yeah. It's like and that. he hates it. <laughs> yeah. So hates it. And it's not because I'm getting the attention, but it's because we're stopping again. Like we walk 10 feet. We it takes us sometimes two do. hours. Yeah. Like entering the Renaissance festival to get from mm-hmm. front gate to back to where your booth is. Um, going, uh, Coming in the gate, going to the right. Well, see, which is the most direct route to your booth, short of going it, across the Y Bridge. Correct. It it can take us an hour and a half, no joke, that, to get that far. That doesn't surprise me. Um, and it's and I I I feel your 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 partner's pain because there is nothing more than. Nothing I would like more than to get to the grocery store, handle our shit, and leave as quickly as possible. Correct. But when your partner is dressed in character and has to stop and interact with everybody who says, look, a pirate. Right. Yeah. But it's still awesome because it, it changes somebody's day. To have that interaction right. with you. And he gets that because and- when when I'm Holly, mm-hmm. I am Holly. And whether it be a 65-year-old patron or a two-month-old, mm-hmm. they're getting that same time and attention. Now, if you're being belligerent, drunk, and wanting to hang on me or punch me or poke me or touch me, um, I don't have many boundaries, but physical you things... Don't touch people. Don't touch people. Yeah, don't don't, don't touch me. Like, there's polite ways to touch me. Like, touch me on my arm. Hey, how are you? Touch me once. Um, but beyond that, like, unless 
I don't know, I guess I've opened myself up to your kind of giving you the nonverbal or verbal consent to touch me. Um, don't continue to touch me, especially my things, I promise. My $500 item is a lot more than your $10 t-shirt. Uh-huh. Um, and, I, and I don't want to come off as elitist, but it, this is what I wear. This is who I am, and um, I spent a lot of time and money on this, just as anyone else would any of their costumes or um, attire. I, I, I'm doing the, the, the garb twitches over here. Um, yeah. And, um, the, I'd, back when there were student days, um, I would work the front garland cart, and some of those kids were the most uh, entitled grabby. Mm-hmm. Like, please don't touch things. Don't touch me. Don't touch stuff without help don't right. touch things that don't look like they're part of the inventory don't just where are the adults yes. and <laughs> right. at, at I get that at fair um, I have some outfits that are well over a grand in oh easily investment in my personal money then it's like don't please I need a. I, need I always love when somebody will ask politely, "Can I borrow that?" <laughs> no, no. As a matter of fact, you cannot. Do you personally call me mom? No. Yeah. Then no, you cannot borrow my things. You are not my child. I cannot hunt you down and get it get it back. My. Well, you know. we have no children, but I do say, if you are not doing one of the three F's <laughs> for me, um, I do not owe you anything. And. What are your three Fs? I know one uh, of them. Feeding, what are the fuck, other two? Feeding, fucking, or financing. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm down with, with those as parameters for borrowing stuff. Yes. Um, I, I have younger people who have adopted me as a mother figure. So that's right. what drew me to the free mom hugs thing is. I will often be told I am, I am a mama bear. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple weeks ago, I was called Mama Grizzly, and oh. I have now adopted that and love it for all of eternity. You absolutely should. That just seems to fit your entire persona. Yes, on you know so many wonderful layers. I've always been Mama Bear, but Mama Grizzly, I enjoy that one. So that might be a T-shirt someday, or because I mean, I have, I have, I have plenty of kids. Um, yeah, just none biological to me. I have. I have drag daughters. I have God. I'm trying to think. How does that two work? Drag do- like drag. It's family. a ment. It's a a mentorship. Um. So, and again, this is not how it works in all drag families because some drag families are a bit more close knit, tight knit. Uh, but my drag family, um, it <laughs> it was solely a mentor and then some emotional. A lot of emotional, but more mentoring, supporting endeavors and um, giving the tough love offstage talks like, all right, did you have a good time? Did you feel pretty? Mm-hmm. Okay, now here I'm going to tell you how to refine and how to to improve. But that's not something that maybe like a, a close friend would feel comfortable saying. Mm-hmm. You have a vested interest. But then, like, I also have leather children and bear children. Um, my lives very much kind of intersect. 
and okay. and bleed into one another. Okay. And those are all mentor mentee relationships or Yes. Okay. Mo- so- mostly for me. Okay. Um there are some who don't have who don't have the support in their families and they literally look at me like a mom and that's fine and 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 I can be that person for them. But otherwise, it's it's a lot of mentor mentee. And mm. uh, I had seen like in my again inarticulate between patients and sleep and eating research to try to be minimally knowledgeable and not sound like a complete fucking fool talking to you. No, um, you do um, not sound like a fool at all. Great. Uh, that's my anxiety settled for two seconds. Um, that's my job. <laughs> um, yeah, but you don't talk. You're the you're the straight white male. You're here to just explain things. When wait, straight white male still exists? Well, I I found one to do this podcast with me because sometimes oh, that's need... exciting. <laughs> well, sometimes you need a so straight weird? white male ally to just put out in front of idiots. I know so very few of those. That's ex- wow. I didn't know that your people still existed. <laughs> Cis- cisgender straight white male. So uh, oh oh like and... his default settings across the board. Yes, I am easy mode, uh, as we call it. Um, how now? How did you get started? What made what drew you to actually? going into drag so i started drag when i was 19 and i just wanted to be pretty and i used to shave my face and um i tried to look as feminine as possible so uh, picture 2002 was a much different time than 2019 is yeah um much different okay a lot a lot different because so in 2002 we had will and grace Mm -hmm. and um Queer as Folk was out, but it was on it was on HBO. But there were not a lot of um, gay representation out in the media. We didn't have a lot of gay icons. So the, my icons, personally, for me, were the local um, entertainers at a bar called Celebrity Nightclub. And those were my celebrities that I looked up to. And I said, well, they're pretty, and they would wear fabulous costumes. Like, still, to this day, some of them still wear them, um, Mm -hmm. and they've stood the test of time. And I go, how do you do that? And I wanted to know how people could, by day, because they still had professional day jobs, uh, most of the people I knew, how can you be professional during the day and glamorous at night? I wanted to do that. And so I, I... was taken under the wing by my drag mother and she showed me the ropes and showed me um, a few tips and tricks. And then she kind of pushed me out into the water to see if I could swim and I couldn't. Um, And then she kind of threw me a lifeline and pulled me back and And then we just kind of worked on things. And then over the years, I just picked up different tips and tricks from different aunts and um, because not everybody is, is, can be your drag mother but we all have sisters in this business and when you have a child 
then your sisters can sometimes become their aunts and that's another mentor mentee type relationship Mm -hmm. um so i mean that's what i did and i just wanted to be pretty and then probably eight nine years ago i started realizing that i have a backbone and i have a voice and um, i'm very strong and very loud and i can do a lot and that's what i've done so for the last 10 years um I've been trying to help people um, have a voice who don't always have a voice. And I, like I, like I said at pride, please yell at me, please let me do this so that you can go enjoy your pride. Like that is just one example, but I can also go with somebody who doesn't have the courage to tell their boyfriend that they want to do drag or to tell their mother that they're transgendered or to tell their father that they have a boyfriend. Mm -hmm. I can be there to help support them. Uh, If not physically, I can be there in the, in the after effects. Mm -hmm. On the other side, on the other end of a phone, if you can. Correct. Like, okay, you just had this conversation with your, with your father. This is what he said. Okay. Now let's talk. And I can be here to support you after the fact, sometimes, if I can't physically be there. And that's just as as important as we're discovering in this digital world. It's just as important to have that those dis- those friends in distance who can still be there at the drop of a dime. Um, right. To be old. I mean, I just turned 40, but used to be able to tell for the youngins out there who make this, <laughs> you used to be able to put coins in a phone called a pay phone and call people so that's oh, i was watching i was watching a movie and all i thought was somebody was somewhere and i go why don't you just pick up your cell phone and call and say i need help and then i realized oh this was back in the 90s i <laughs> didn't have cell phones film. Whoops. Yeah. Yes. It's funny how quickly they have. It makes you think like about ideas of people were going to go through and reboot various older boots to current generation. How it would like completely change the story. I'm here. I'm listening to. Um, I'm re-listening to the audio book The Stand by Stephen King. And oh God, which, that's got to be dated as hell. Well, <laughs> not only is it dated. But he kind of did a minor revamp to make it from, like, the 70s to the early 90s at one point. And even then, it's like almost everything that's going on that the government's trying to hide in this book would be blown up on Twitter, on social media, on everything. You would be able to hide the fact that what was going on as as easy as they were doing that at the very beginning stages of the book and Mm -hmm. social media and being able to outreach distances. I mean, I'm in my case, I'm, I've been a internet nerd for a while now. Um, if, if for me, when I was in high school, um, I probably I would have graduated like a year later than Noel a year earlier than Noel did. Um but I had IRC. I had things that while people were messing around in AOL chat rooms, 
I was going into deeper areas and forums and things of that nature to communicate with people because I couldn't get that. And that's probably another reason that I didn't go full hog into the whole uh, the South will rise again bullshit when I was living in the South because I did have some people outside my area <coughs> to stop anything from really sinking in, probably. Um, but when you're going through any type of <coughs> grief, just knowing that there's... <coughs> Are you dying? Please stop dying. I don't know why I'm dying. Um, but it's always good that you know that there's going to be someone to check in on you. It might not be someone that's nearby or whatnot, but you know that if you don't answer your message or you don't answer your phone, they're going to try to go through and hunt you down. Um, my friend, uh, my fr- and in fact, she's our sponsor this month, uh, Dr. Perry. I didn't answer my phone for me while I'm on my unemployment thing. She went through, contacted our Facebook page, and Noel was able to follow up and say, yeah, I spoke to him this morning. Um, just because she was like, I'm checking in on him, he's not answering. Do you know what's going on? The fact that you have people that are going to track you down because they're worried, even though they might not be very close by, is a good thing. Yeah. Um... Yeah, absolutely. Now, while we're talking about digital media and the internet world that we live in, how has, well, outside of RuPaul's Drag Race, which, eh, it's a thing. <laughs> it's doing some good things. It could improve in a lot of other ways. Um, you know, we all, have, we all have our take on that show. But it is mainstreaming a particular type of drag. And then we have YouTube makeup tutorials which allow access for more people to learn how to build a persona without having to out themselves as wanting to be a drag performer. You know, you can practice all you want and then go wash your face so that you kind of got your shit together before you go try entering um, that performance art community. But how has, besides YouTube and mainstream, television programming how has the digital age um impacted the drag community from your perspective i think it's made it a lot more accessible i'm able for example the digital age um allowed me to connect with you and it is now allowing me to connect with people um, that you all touch and then my people um, who may not always get to talk to me one-on-one, who may not be able to listen to me. Because um, when I'm at a show, sometimes I have three to five minutes during a performance, and then sometimes when I host, or in between um, songs or other entertainers, I don't always get to go out and talk to everybody. So I think that it's been helpful. Uh, now, it's just it's been very helpful to a lot of people Um, I do think, like anything, there is misinformation that's put out there. There's information put out there by inexperienced people. So you kind of have to weed through and find what's going to work best for you. There really is no hard and fast rule 
on how to be a drag performer or on how to be any type of performer. Um, step one, don't be an asshole. Um, that, that's really the only rule. Um, and then be good. But how do you define being good? It, it really is just being the best version of you and people either love you or hate you. And unfortunately, that is the nature of the beast. There's very few in between. They either love you or they don't like you. And that's hard. That's a, a tough pill to swallow sometimes. You say all this profound stuff and then I'm like, how there's there's nothing else to add. Uh, <laughs> so if we're both super quiet, it's because you're being profound and we're struck and we are moved and we don't know how to move on. Um, we're just awkward. We're just awkward nerds with mics. <laughs> well that's fine like so a lot of other entertainers have started um drag through um through acting and plays and they're they're theater nerds and if you really think about it that's what most of us are even though i didn't get my start in theater i mean i'm still a nerd by some one's definition yeah my husband happens to be walking by currently and shaking his head and, and agreeing that yes, I'm, I'm a nerd. Um, I'm a '50s housewife mostly. I love cooking and cleaning. Like, legitimately enjoy those things. Um, so that's. But magic. and I don't always like to talk um, when I'm out in public, unless I have my face on, and then you can't get me to shut up. <laughs> I we don't want you to shut up. We want you to talk and tell us all your stories and you know use us as yet another vehicle for reaching people and being an advocate and being an activist on the subject of your activism what are besides tanking assholes at at pride what other things do you do um here in columbus we know the west family does a ton of charity fundraising for everything from the aids walk to I don't know what it is this week. Um, well, there's the the Nina West Foundation, uh, which does all of its various things. Um, so yeah, and that's amazing. So uh, me, myself, and I, um, well, along with my husband Raven Driscoll, mm-hmm. um, we started the Gem City Bears here in Dayton. Uh, and it's not necessarily with drag, but it kind of... That's okay. Stick along. You'll, you'll get the intersection here shortly. Um, that's actually how I started doing bearded drag. Was at an, uh, a bear run called North American Bear. And they have a show called Bearded Beauties. And that's where I was introduced to bearded drag. And I said, well, that's kind of fun. Okay. I can still do drag. And I can have a beard. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to do that. That sounds fun. (laughs) So we started the Gym City Bears. And uh, we we don't do the nonprofit and all that. But we do a lot of fundraising and charity work. Our first year, um, we raised money for an organization. It's called Bridget's Path. Um, Dayton is at the center of the opioid crisis. Mm -hmm. And so what Bridget's Path does is they offer um, help to newborns who are born addicted to opioids. And they they offer 
non-judgmental counseling to the mothers. And they, they're there solely to help. We raised over $1,000 for them in one night. And this past year, we also raised money for the Trevor Project. Um, yeah, the Trevor Project. Very much. I, again, another $1,000 in a night. But we continue to fundraise. And what I've been doing as a, the current Ohio Bearded Queen, every time I wear my crown, I don't keep the money um, that people hand me. Whenever you're at a drag performance, oftentimes performers will get tips. Um, I get paid for appearances to come and entertain at, at uh, venues. Mm-hmm. And I every time I wear my crown, I don't keep the money. Um, this past weekend, I donated. I actually just deposited. I have to make the donation. Um, I raised money for the Dayton Tornado Relief Fund. Um, and that's not the right name for it. The Dayton Disaster Relief Fund, I think. We can look it up. and Yeah, and so, and sure so all it's... the money that I made um, from that number, um, I donated. And I will be donating. Um, it was a minimal amount because it was a small crowd, but it, $60 is $60. Yeah, that's... Um, but I've... That's a big I've deal. also raised money for the National Suicide Foundation mm-hmm. or the National Prevention for Suicide Foundation, I think, in PSF. Yes. And we knew where um, you were going with that. Um. Yes. <laughs> so anytime there's a cause, um, if someone needs help, again, I have a voice. I have a platform. I can talk to people. Um, I have the ability to captivate people. And and they'll look at me. They either look at me because I'm pretty or because I'm talented or just because I'm a six-foot-tall, 300-pound man in a dress and I look funny or awkward to somebody. Either way, I have your attention. Mm-hmm. And when I have your attention, then I might pique your interest and you might be willing um, to listen to what I have to say or you might feel generous and say, well, here, I'm going to give you money for your cause. And that's what I do. So uh, you and Mike Hotpence have a similar impetus in your activism. I, um, I don't know if you're aware of this particular performer. He just happens to have the misfortune to very much resemble the current vice president. Okay, I wanted to make sure I heard correct. Yes. What was the name again? Mike, Mike Hotpence. And he does okay. wear tiny, tiny shorts, and his entire thing is, "I look like Mike Pence, so you don't have to." And he's yes, he just goes out and performs, and whatever money goes in the can, he donates to charity. Yeah. of charity of the moment, and he's got a list, and that's cool. That's the kind of activism that actually makes a difference. Because and I don't always a, yeah, there's no a, overhead. Yeah, right. And I don't always have a list like this. Past year at fair. Um, one of the cast members, she didn't need help herself, but her school did. And so I said, well, that's easy. Mm -hmm. I said, what do you need? She said, markers, crayons, colored pencils, paper. How much do you need? (laughs) As much as I can get. And I go, done. Like, and that was very easy. And it, and it didn't necessarily come out of my pocket, but I went to my social warriors and I said, mm-hmm. I have people 
And then next thing I know, people are coming to my shop, the potter, well, not my shop, the shop I work at, the potter's house. And um, they're delivering bags upon bags upon bags of donations, as well as the hundreds of dollars that I raise um, in a week. That's, that's and, amazing and this, power. Yeah. And she said, why did you do this? And I said, because you said you needed help. Because kids need school supplies. Right. But she goes, but you don't know me. And I go, I know you well enough, but you said you needed help. I have the ability to provide help. What's the problem? It, it, Matt says something about our society that an act of spontaneous compassion is so overwhelmingly strange and unexpected. Right. Um, so it's awesome that you, you know, you were out there just living your life so openly and mm-hmm. for the benefit of other people in a, um, on several levels, but also without allowing yourself to be taken advantage of. I'm not sure what I'm trying to say. Words are hard. No, you're fine. Like even um, a friend of mine, he, he had a house fire and it was around Christmas time. And uh, my friend has children and he didn't ask for anything. He just said, I had a house fire. And I said, okay. I said, what do you need? He goes, well, I don't need anything, but I don't have a Christmas for my children. And I said, how old are your children? He told me. I said, what are their ages? He told me. And um, in two weeks, still before Christmas, his children had a Christmas because we raised money. And then we went shopping for his children. And then gifts were also given. And his children didn't know that they didn't have a house to go home to because they they lived with both parents, Mm -hmm. Um, him sometimes, their mother the other time. And they just knew that dad had a a fun hotel for them to come to for Christmas. And that's where all their gifts were. And they didn't know that dad didn't get them. No. And it gave him the satisfaction, not the satisfaction, but he got to look at his kids and still say Merry Christmas. And he didn't feel um, any less of a moment or what the words again, words difficult, but he didn't feel any. Yeah. He didn't feel negative in any way because he couldn't give it to him because he did have it. Everything just burnt up. And you were, you were able to create a bridge between. Right. um, I mean, I haven't, I haven't been there. I haven't had a house fire, thankfully, knock on wood. Um, but I mean, I've had my, my share of, I need help. And if I, if I can help somebody, I will. And asking for help is one of the hardest things that some people go through because unfortunately pride gets in the way and not the, not, not this month's pride, but general pride. Gets uh, correct. Toxicity. Yeah. Um, like, uh, Noel runs a uh, online vampire game. Um, and. Ooh, I like vampires. <laughs> I've been. Uh, my suffer puppets. My, 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 my host of suffer puppets. Um. But yeah. I was I've been thinking about getting back into it and I'm like I just don't feel like going through and doing 
the character she blah blah blah. She's like, well, ask for help. I'm like, I've already asked for help about something else. I can't ask for help about something else again because it's taking away my help spoons. <laughs> uh, uh, because it's like you start feeling too needy and you don't want to. It it just gets all screwed up. Um, I got lucky in re- recently when I've gone through and had asked for help just because of the bridge of non-payment for my own employment. Um, really, what it boils down to is that um, people that don't ask for help but get help anyway be, are the people that just help because they're uh, altruistic, I think the word is, or are you wrong, are great people. And every time that that happens to me, all I can do is pay it, pay it forward. Yeah, and that's that's all he asked for. He goes, what can I, because he wanted to pay me back. And I said, you're out of your mind. I said, first off, it wasn't my money. I mean, I, I made donations and things. Mm-hmm. I said, just pay it forward. And he had. Like, I, I crochet and I make things and I sell them. And the money I make from them, I just put it in an account and it and I don't touch it. I don't I don't currently need it. It's it's just there. I I do it. I don't know if either of you have crafts or hobbies or things that you do that you might be able to make money from. Um and you certainly don't do it to make money because you spend seventy five dollars for the craft and you could have really bought it on eBay for like twenty or something like that. Yeah, but it would have fall fallen apart. I mean, you can right. buy a twenty dollars so, corset on on Amazon, but right. it's still a shitty corset. Right. So I made blankets and I make hats and scarves and I sell them. And then whenever somebody says, um, "I don't have gas this week to get to my job," can anybody help? Um, it's Thanksgiving week and I don't have a turkey. Well, now you do. And people say, well, where did this come from? Don't worry about it. I just need your PayPal. And, um, I mean, if I could, I would just put money in an envelope um, and and mail it to them anonymously. But sometimes that doesn't always work. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was 25, so in 2010, I went through a really dark time. I went through a bad breakup and um, I was suicidal. And a friend of mine saw that I was having a hard time. And after I finally got to some level ground, but they saw that I was having financial problems and they sent me $20, $20. That's it. That's, that's what they sent me. But $20 changed my life and it changed my life because somebody cared. And all it said is, I see that you're going through something. I hope this helps. And that was it. And at the time I didn't know who they were. Mm -hmm. I I've since figured out who they were. They told me, but I still look at that card, um, and they signed it as someone who loves you, Aww. and that meant the world that somebody did that for me. So now I always try to pay that sentiment forward. Um, if somebody can't do food or groceries or gas or whatever, well, if I have it, I can help you because I've been there. There's one thing that I notice on Twitter because I follow things such as like um, 
Vlad, other people that are trans performers, things like that through our Twitter page. Um, there's this thing that goes around occasionally called Trans Pizza that basically it's like, look, if you are trans, you need help, and you're hungry, let let us know. We're going to do around a Trans Pizza. We'll get pizza sent to you just so you have something to eat. Also, let us know your PayPals or things like that. So if people can't send you pizza, they can go through and send you money because every, there isn't a day that goes by on Twitter that I'm not seeing someone in the LBGT community. Uh, there's more initials there, but there's so many um, that isn't saying, look, I, my parents found out, or I came out, or and everything went bad. Um, I need help. And it's like, it's heartbreaking. And you wish you could do more than your $5 here or $10 there. It's just, it's awful. Um, but all you do is support where you can and go from there. Right. And well, and that, that feeds into the drag family. So you do have the mentor-mentee relationships, but that emotional offstage, we all have to remember we are still people. We are still humans. Um, some of us more human than others. But it's important to, to still foster that, that piece, um, because we're not on stage all the time. We're not always in the public eye all the time. Um, I tell friends when they enter my home, we're unplugged. And that doesn't mean that you don't have, or you turn your phone off, but like, I'm not here to perform. You get, you get me like, this is it. And if we start to have a moment, we have a moment. If we cry, we cry. If we laugh, we laugh. If we sit in the same room and don't speak, that's what we do. Um, but we're here. We're existing in the same space, and the energy is always there. And sometimes that's just what people need, is they just need to keep company in silence. They just need to know that someone is present with them. Right. And that's not something we can do in this society, necessarily. That's not, it's not a taught skill. It's not a, again, these fucking words. No, it's okay. It, it is not a taught thing, but it is by nature something that everyone inherently knows. We just got two new kittens. And you're probably thinking, how do kittens involve with this conversation? Because kittens, that's why. Um, oh, we just actually um, on Thursday I came home and discovered we have a tiny void panther from Dayton who got displaced. So, wait, you have a what? Uh, we pick, uh, there was a kitten, a friend of a friend, prepared oh. a post oh. for a, a little black kitten who got displaced from the tornadoes. Oh, so she blew on the well, wings of so fate all the way here. So, I get about the kittens and, and yes. the emotions. Um, my two kittens, they, they were not litter mates. They got put into, um, one, my black cat, she was part of a litter, but our gray cat, our Tori, 
she um her entire family was was attacked by something and she came to the rescue as a single cat so she was put with the the litter mm-hmm. and i will see them like they can go off and eat and play and whatever but when it's time to go to sleep or whatever it's not that they're cold but they still need to be side by side they need to mm-hmm. touch um no one taught them that no one told them that i unless it was their mother but instinctually we all know at the end of the day we want to come home to someone and be with someone and 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 that doesn't always have to be an intimate sexual relationship um it's perfectly fine like i've cuddled with my friends we've hugged we've embraced even after we come home from kayaking sometimes um sometimes me and my friends will even take a shower together and it's not again it has nothing to do with sex. Sometimes you just, hey, can you help me wash my back? Or I don't want to be alone. Or mm-hmm. um, I've had, I've had an experience that I just need help getting through. It's it, people. Mm-hmm. I get that. Like the the younger friends that, well, they they are a lot of them like daughters. In one case, non-binary elf creature. <laughs> You know, those will get a call. It's like, can I, can I come over? I miss you. I'm going through some shit. I need to come home. And they have decent relationships in some cases uh, with their biological families. But they know they can come here. And, you know, they don't have to deal with the bullshit of being related to the people <laughs> and having dealt with them for all their lives. On top of whatever other bullshit they're going through, they're just like, I want to come home. I want to pet the cats. I want to sit on the couch and play video games while you make fun of me. <laughs> and then make a, you know, cook a meal together and just be in community together. <clears throat> and that's so important for us as a species. Right. Some people enjoy, some people, they enjoy solitude. Um or maybe that's all they've known. Um, I'm not one of those people, and most of my people are not those people. Um, but yeah, if it, if you need your your alone space and your alone time, great. Just know if you need not alone time and not alone space, my door's open. Um, I've had friends of mine um, just need to get out of bad relationships. Mm-hmm. for a oh, while our yes. home yeah for a while our home was very much a revolving door um, because people don't know where we live uh, at least they didn't know that we had moved from where we were to where we are and so they didn't know the new place and I said come here our house is a sanctuary like you're here we can park your car in the back nobody can see it um and you're completely hidden from everything. And then once you're here, you're here. Like, you're good. You can use our car if you need to leave somewhere. Just the only rule is um, don't tell them where you're at. Mm-hmm. Like, that's an easy thing to do. Be safe. And people, yeah, just everybody sometimes needs a place that they can go and unplug. That's that's another powerful sort of activist thing that you do um, and you're carrying forward the traditions of 
you know, the roots of pride and the roots of the LGBT activist movement by making that space for people who need somebody. And it, it's, it's see, neat to see how that, you know, some people, whether whether they are doing it consciously or not, are still tapping into that root cause. Yeah, it's, for me, it's not a conscious thing. It's, I guess, how I was raised. Um, my mother just always opened up our home to anyone and everyone, um, whether it was a Tuesday or Christmas or a weekend, she never turned anyone away um and that's kind of the mentality i was raised with mm-hmm. um if somebody calls and says hey i'm on my way over i haven't eaten dinner you want to go out and grab something no but i have plenty in the fridge let's eat here or like if i'm going out or hey i don't have any food come on over i just cooked and i don't know how to cook for like two I usually cook for like twenty. I I feel your pain. Uh, I'm yeah. I'm from an Italian household. We don't know how to cook. For, I, that's why I tell people like, look, you don't understand. When I cook, I'm gonna cook for like twelve, thirteen, because that's all I know how to do. Unfortunately, that also means that out of that twelve, thirteen, I usually eat for four. <laughs> Well, and that's fine. Like, eat, eat to heart's content or whatever. But, like, for example, a box of pasta. Did you know that a box of pasta has a suggested serving size and how to measure pasta? I didn't. I just always say, I'm feeding four people. I need a box of pasta. I, I'm feeding six people. I need two boxes of pasta or one really big box. Like, I don't... I don't know, apparently you can use your knuckle on your thumb, like the indent. If you take if you take your forefinger and put it to the first indent of your thumb, apparently that's enough pasta for two people. And if you put your fingertips together, that's enough for four people. I take the box of pasta, I put the box in the pot, I cook it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I do. As long as you do not break the pasta in half. And if you have... More than four people, you get a second box, period. <laughs> right, yeah, like, that's how it works. My husband's now looking at me because he can he can probably understand and relate. <laughs> so, yeah, like, I love to cook. That's, that's very much my realm. That's actually what I wanted to do for a long part of my life before um, I, I settled on the job where I currently am, although it is still a future goal to own a food truck um, and to be able to travel and, and escape the corporate world. See, my mom grew us up around, like, restaurants and delis and things like that because that's what she was good at. That's what she knew how to do. She basically got my sisters involved a bit in it, and when she tried to get me involved, I just knew that for... Life purposes, I couldn't be in food service. It's uh, for it's too. It, it's one of those things that to me is a little bit too physically strenuous. Now, if you said, "Hey, Bill, would you want to host Thanksgiving?" I'm all over that shit because it's a one-time thing where it's not about people giving me money to eat my food. It's about the people around me enjoying themselves and enjoying 
what might be going on, and I'm able to sit down and have basically a, a good fellowship, so to speak, of people around me. So whenever I have an opportunity to do that, I do that. Because I love to I love to cook more for other people than for myself. If basically for myself, I will go through and lately it's been peanut butter tortillas. Just flour tortillas, slap some peanut butter on it, and go from there. Because I don't have the spoons to actually go through and cook for myself. But if people were coming over, I would make a menu. Because that's just how I am. If you slice that peanut butter with some sliced bananas, and then you fry it in butter and cover it with chocolate sauce, I'm just saying, I've heard it's good. (laughs) I've done that before, but that... uh, This is my thought project with my... thought patterns because of ADD and depression and all that, is that, yeah, I'd like to go through and fry this in a pot with a banana and things like that, but that would be, I'd have to wash the dishes afterwards. And it's it's the whole breakdown of energy. Um, so that's why it's like, for me, I'll eat bread. I will just, like, get a loaf of bread and eat bread, because I know that my body needs something in it. Even though it might not be the healthiest thing in the world, I don't care. As long as I'm not hungry, I can focus. So if I'm going to eat bread, I'm going to eat bread. I might eat good bread, but I also have no problem demolishing a 99-cent loaf of bread either. <laughs> um, but Bill, you need to come to my house. I'll make you dinner. <laughs> I, see, I know how to make dinner, so that's not the problem. It's just that... I get it, but I'll cook and do dishes. <laughs> well... If I'm ever in Ohio visiting, I will make sure to stop by. <laughs> I'm up in Boston. Please so. <laughs> do. We I cook six or five nights a week. Well, I'll make sure to stop by, and I think that Noel would also want to be like, I'm here too, and we could do like a live, in-person podcast together. <laughs> Absolutely, I'd love to. So, is there anything going on that you want to let us? really know about or is there something that's been that you've heard about that you want to talk about oh goodness um i really wasn't prepared for that so i like i don't have anything um currently pressing urgently that i need to speak about i mean i am always trying to help my community um still recover from the tornadoes um we even today we actually just took another load of food and water and things down to the dayton food pantry so i mean i'd like to to make sure everybody's aware of what's going on in their own community, even if they weren't affected by a natural disaster. Um, Pay attention to what's going on around you. Um, Like if there's something going on in your city or your neck of the woods, be aware of it. Find out what's going on. Find out what you can do to help. Um, Sometimes if you don't have money, sometimes people need help organizing. Um, They need boots on the ground uh, or even a simple like or share on social media will help. But that's what's going on in my neck of the woods. Yeah, the uh, one of the things I know about with your neck of the woods, uh, I'm a New York Giants fan. Um, they have a wide receiver, uh, Cody Latimer, that after the tornadoes hit in Daytona, 
Uh, he's like, look, I know that this is organized team activities. I have to go to where I live because they need help. And his primary focus was trying to help um, single mothers because when he was raised, he lost his father to cancer. So his mom had to raise him. So that's been like his focal point in his area is like, look, I need to help the single mothers that need to do what they can because my mom had to go through that that crap as raising me and my siblings. I don't want anybody, anybody else that's affected by these tornadoes. I want them to have the best that they can do with whatever I can do. So, um, you just learning you don't understand people don't understand how things that you may even enjoy can intersect with things that are important so every time i hear about something happening and one of the people from my sports team running off to help because it affects their community you wind up learning more about people's communities just because of what people are doing to go through and help their own communities. And it's important. That's another good thing about the internet and social media is that if you take time to really learn about things, you, you realize that people are people and you have to do what you can just to let people live. Just like the dial have cat sanctuary. Right. Well, Another thing that I also do when I have my crown on, um, I will say this has no power and no meaning unless I do something bigger than myself. And everybody is always very me-centric. Not always, but as performers, it's 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 common for us to be yay me and, and we're all self-fulfilling. Um, I'm past that point in what I do. I mean, I enjoy it from time to time. But I want to do something more for someone or someone else um, that I don't know, that I'll never see. But I just want to leave this world a better place than it was when I came in. That really should be everybody's goals. Shouldn't that... That's what everybody should just strive for, is leave things a better place than they left. You're right, and that's uh, that's what it should be and I just I hope by me being me and I don't know maybe somebody maybe one person will listen to this podcast and maybe change their opinion um, change their mind change their perspective if I have reached one person this time has been very well spent well I want to say personally this time has been really well spent. Uh, Noelle, do you have anything else? Um, I do not. Uh, other than thank you so much for coming on and telling us all about all the cool shit you do. Um, again, I've been so geeky about it since <laughs> Brian said, yeah, I got I got him. He'll come on and he'll talk and he'll tell us about being Holly Berry and all of this. And yeah, we didn't use your 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 uh, drag name nearly enough. Um, you said Holly, but 
Holly Berry. Oh, it's yeah. Great. It's great. Holly Berry. I'm on all the social medias, so. Okay, yeah, get us your social media links, your blog, your everything. I absolutely your, will. Your foundation so that we can include them in the show notes so that maybe that one or two people who listen who are like, hey, that's some cool shit. Where do I learn more? Yeah. We can Feel provide that for Feel free to listen, them. watch. Plus, I mean, I always love um, a hashtag I also do is have drag will travel. So if someone's listening and you want me to come talk, you want me to come perform, you want me to come educate, you want me to just come and, I don't know, do your child's birthday party. Let's talk and I'm sure we can figure something out. Uh, but drag travels. That would be it an travels amazing birthday very party. Well. I think that's better than a clown. I know we're 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 coming all the way back around to um you saying that you and Bozo the clown have, you know. I mean that's that's overlap. what I am. I'm a, I I I'm a clown. I wear big shoes, big hair, big makeup, large costumes. What am I talking about? A drag queen or a clown? I mean, come on. That's that's what I am. Well, I I I'm would not say saying that, that about that, all performers. Yeah, I would I would differentiated is that drag is more related to burlesque and um, yeah it could on some level and clowning is specifically comedic with no specific intent um whereas burlesque can be satirical in nature in the case of your specific drag the bearded drag you're challenging that what is femininity because here Correct. you are in in all of your traditional maleness with the beard in a gorgeous dress with heels and the hair and the whole nine yards and the perfect manicure that I would die for. Um, and you have all No, of don't that. die for. Just go to the nail salon. That's what I do. I get the <laughs> na- the dip gel polish. Okay, that's a good tip. Free tip from free tip from a queen. The the dips apparently are great. Um, oh yeah. They're very strong, and I use my natural nail, like the dip polish over gel polish any day of the week. Nice. Alright, so that's gonna about wrap things up in this case. Um, I again want to thank Holly for being on with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've been amazing. Um, so we are gonna go through and just remind you one more time, um, Write us at xchromosomepodcast.com. We want to hear your stories. In fact, we actually got a story that we're we going to go through. We got our first story. And yes. we're going to go through and talk about bringing up next week. They may actually be coming on as a guest later on. That might be exciting. Um, but we still want to hear your stories, especially for Pride. Um, mm-hmm. Or if you have any questions, comments, anything that we could talk about on this podcast, again, our email address is write us at xchromosomepodcast.com on xchromosomepodcast.com. You can find all the links, all the blog posts, all the episodes, all the social media, and everything that you need to know about this podcast. So, that being said, my name is Bill. And I'm Noel. And I'm going to kick out the bot. Okay, we also have an X, we also all have an X chromosome, and yeah, now it's time for our awkward outro where we where I scream at Craig until he leaves us alone. Yeah, get out. You wanted Craig. to leave so Bye. much earlier, Craig. Why aren't you leaving now? <laughs> yeah, 
you're not even typing the command. I'm trying to find the command. So. <laughs> is is it not? It's all the way up here. Uh, colon 